It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. That may have gotten a little harder to do every day, but we're still here. We're still here. So uh, my response to that is just to fill the studio up with as many people. Maybe we can have enough for a full show. Zach Blackerby, Painter Sharpens of ESPN 106.7, Justin Ferguson of The Athletic and ESPN 106.7, and Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7. Gentlemen, how are we doing? How, how are things? ESPN 106.7, very well represented. That's true. That's true. I'm pretty depressed, but I think we're going to have a, a good time today, so I'm excited. Yeah, I've been better, but this this will help. Right. right. In the words of Gorilla Zoe, no. Do you know are you, the rapper? I have no, no idea who that is. I don't know who that is. Moving yeah. on. Okay. Moving on. All right. Fair enough. Uh, a preview of what the lunch break is going to be like. Very good. <laughs> very good. Every day from 11 to 1 on ESPN 167, folks. All right. So, uh, you know, they're saying to. to Stay in your house to, to limit interaction. So listening to podcasts is a great thing. Mm-hmm. But if you get hungry, you can use our <laughs> friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. And uh, I can't think of a, a better excuse to, to use them. So go uh, go to FetchMeDelivery.com. Use uh, promo code FetchMe20. Or, of course, you can use their free app. And uh, they did have a promo going where if Auburn scored 75 points in a tournament game that you did not have to um, pay the full delivery cost. Obviously, that is not a thing anymore. So that's a bummer. That is a bummer. But, all right, guys, we are going to get into our um, – we're going to do a five-question show today. Hey. little competition action. Painter, you look ready to go. You just counted the five with your fingers. That's so right. Your mind is right. Fantastic. I'm ready. He's sharp. Um, Always. But, guys, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask the first question. Oh. We are going to open it up to uh, the voicemail. Tony from Savannah is going to ask the first question. Savannah. You nailed that. All right, here, here's Tony. What up, Zach, Michael, uh, Tony, and Savannah. I got a hey, Tony. quick, well, a couple observations and a couple questions. So Tom Green, uh, I was reading his piece on the secondary, and he said that Jamie and Sherwood was touted as the highest-rated pro prospect in the 2020 roster. Um, does he leave early for the draft after this upcoming season, you think, as a junior? And my second one is... Seth Williams, that dude had some unbelievable catches this year. And I think that he and Bo Nix are going to make each other head and shoulders better than they were, you know, with them working in the offseason and all that all that good stuff. If Seth Williams breaks a 1,000 yards, which he could this upcoming season, do you think he leaves early for the draft? Thoughts, you know, just something to chew on. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Tony. So do Seth and Sherwood leave early for the draft? Painter, uh, Painter, no, I'm making you start first, my friend. If you say maybe, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to say yeah to Sherwood. I'm going to say no to Sethy Double. Seth Dub. Seth Dub. Does that work, Justin? Uh, Justin has nothing. In terms of a nickname? I don't know. In terms of whatever you want it to be, man. Okay. I mean, I'll right. take. I'll go one of two. One okay. of two. You'll okay. Say, you'll Seth say. Williams coming back for the for the final season to help Bo Nix get that championship. Gus Malzan. Zan. Jeez. All right. I'm done. <laughs> All right, Justin. What are your thoughts? On you know that what? I, you know what? I, I like your answer, and I could see it, but I wouldn't be surprised if both guys go pro, mm-hmm. um, especially nowadays where it seems to be more and more likely for these guys to jump after their junior years. Right. Uh 
I agree with what Tom Green wrote at AL.com. Um, Jamie and Sherwood is the is the the, the highest rated pro, pro prospect on this on this roster. I think in terms of pure talent, it's him and Owen Popo as the as the top two as the guys on this roster. Yeah. Sherwood, if you look at his advanced numbers, they are outstanding on a per snap basis. He can do everything. There are a lot of people in and around the program who believe that he is going to be an early round pick next year, and or as early as next year. He could come back. But, um, yeah, people are really, really high on what he brings to the table. So I could see both of those guys going. For Seth Williams, he's a physical freak, and those guys usually go earlier than, than, than most. And this doesn't look like it's going to be an outstanding wide receiver class coming up because it lost so much this year. That was sure. such a good answer. Yeah, yeah. Michael, good luck beating that. What are your thoughts, Pappas? I'm going to say yes to both. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. Attaboy. I'm going to take a different stance than Justin did, though. Mine's going to have to do with the quality of talent that is going to be younger than them. Yeah. Or that is younger than them on the depth chart. Um, we know what Auburn brought in class-wise for defensive backs and wide receivers last season. We know they brought in three big, super talented wide receivers mm-hmm. this season. Uh, and then in the as far as defensive backs go, um, it, this spring and summer they're bringing in a bunch of guys that they are talking about could play right away. And then, you know, as those guys get older, they're going to be eaten into guys like Sherwood's playing time you know, just to get them on the field. And so uh, I think there's a very good chance if the two have good seasons that they both leave. All right, I'm going to give that point to Justin Shocked. Ferguson. All right, question <laughs> I two. I just talked the longest. That was in the- <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't know if Michael's ever going to stop. There were some fair. good nuggets in fair. there. There were some nugs. I like Michael's take, though. because yeah, he, he's to be absolutely- fair, Michael would get second in that. No offense. Oh, all right. No offense, buddy. Guy, I got left out of the voicemail now this. I do think, I do think the wide receiver competition and 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 the pushing of guys because of these newcomers coming in is gonna be one of the most fascinating things to watch you got multiple guys that are gonna play seth's same position yeah and so it's like does his play count go down as a senior there's a very good shot we'll see yeah we will see uh, and if you heard that and you were like, I want to be like Tony, I want to ask questions, you can call 205-502-4285. That is 205-502-4285. All right, question number two. Michael, you'll start this one off. Uh, it was announced last night that Auburn's practice has at least been postponed. Who suffers the most from the football situation regarding spring practice? I think the easy answer here is the freshman. No, that is not my answer. Okay. okay. My answer is going to be the fans. Oh wow! Oh wow! Because that is the people. LeBron James level pandering. Love it. <laughs> In a time, I mean, everything is getting canceled. We could really use something to put our time and our effort and our thought into. And follow up answer. I'm going to say you're telling three me three answers. Wow. One, one A really covering all your bases. One A is the fans. One B is going to be. Journalists, you could be Gus Malzahn. <laughs> with, you could be Gus Malzahn with this roster, bro. Because sports media people are going to have nothing to do for the next couple months. I have no idea what I'm doing for the next month of my life. It's going right. to be awesome. That, that's a question coming up. So let's so let's don't do that one there quite yet. Go. All right, all right, uh, Payne, you go second on this one. Who do you think suffers the I quit? I'm not. I lose this point. Okay. All right, <laughs> Justin. Uh, I'm going to say the the people who suffer the most. I think the freshmen. 
that Michael said at the beginning was it was a really good answer. I'm going to go with Auburn's new assistant coaches, Chad Morris, although he has been around for a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but Jack Bignell and Al Pope. This is a time when you're supposed to be getting acclimated to your roster. This is a time when you're supposed to get adjusted to what recruiting is going to look like because it's a hectic time. And now we don't know what this looks like. We think Auburn will practice at some point. We think recruiting will be back to normal at some point, but we don't know when. And this is valuable time that you could be spending with these new guys, learning these new guys. And um, I think that's going to be a really big issue because there's so much unknown at this point, and these guys are missing valuable time because they're not – not only are they not practicing, they're not doing football-related activities. Yeah. They're telling these guys not to come back to campus because, well, for a lot of them, they don't have anywhere to live mm-hmm. right now. And and number two, you know, we're not doing anything. You know, Auburn has said we're not doing anything until you know at least April 10th. Yeah, I'm giving that point to Justin as well. Coming up in just a second. I was, I was, I was, I was are you answer. kidding me? Wow. You said like three different answers. No, I said two. I had a 1A and a 1B. 2.5. And then 2.5. I, and then I said one that I wasn't going to, that I specifically was not my answer. I'll take, I'll take Michael's worst answer. You can give that one to me. Whichever of those three you thought was the worst. I'll, that was mine. Uh, you saying it's not the freshman. There we go. There you go. You're just saying it's not the freshman. That would be the best answer that you could have given All right, there. perfect. All right, uh, coming up, a question about running backs right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. If you are listening on iTunes, please do us a favor. The past few days, people have been leaving reviews and and, and five stars and and writing out reviews that helped out a ton. It's kind of a pain the way iTunes has it set up, but if you could continue to do that, it really helps a ton. All right, question number three. This question comes from Frank on Twitter. He says, uh, who does DJ Williams compare to as far as running backs in Auburn's, uh, in Auburn's past? I think his stature and his skill, he compares to Michael Dyer well. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on that? DJ Williams' stature compared to a previous Auburn running back. So I threw this question out during last last season and i think do you think frank stole that from you no 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 no. (laughs) this was during the middle of a game i was like all right who who do people think this guy looks like gotcha and i and i think the best comparison people gave was um was michael dyer i'm not really quite there because i felt like dyer had a little bit more of explosion like he had he could get to the second level a little bit better my best comparison i thought for him last year was freshman season trey mason where it was he was running as hard as humanly possible, just wasn't necessarily getting enough help up front. Uh, but you could see maybe with some better blocking as, as he develops, the, the talent was there. Not the same size, not the same kind of guy, but I really, really – I thought his running style was just going all, you know, full speed uh, really, really hard that you know even though it wasn't super successful in certain games, that was the guy who jumped to mind to me, but – Okay. Your results may vary. Painter? In Mike Tarico's voice, Rudy Johnson. Mm. Really? Same size and, yeah. you know, run hard. I think Johnson was probably thicker, mm-hmm. but uh, that's my best answer because Justin had another good answer. Yeah, thick with two Cs. All right, Michael, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go with Cameron Artis Payne. 
I, I think Artist Pain was probably a little bit bigger, but um, I don't have those numbers off the top of my head, obviously. And so uh, I, I think they compare well in how they're both um, kind of lower to the ground, powerful runners who uh, maybe aren't the fastest guys in the world, but will really make you feel it when, when you tackle them. Yeah. Guys you have to gang tackle. Um, and so, yeah, I'll go with Cameron Arnold's pain. All right, I'm going to give the point to Michael. That's yeah. actually the guy who I had. Mainly just because I, I'm not sure that DJ has that home run ability. No. Nope. And like, that was the biggest weakness with, with Cameron Artis Payne as well, in, in my opinion. So uh, I went back and looked at the poll that I did. It was during a game last year. I think it was during the Ole Miss game last year. We okay. had a pretty good performance. Uh, the top the top answer is a lot of dire. Um, I also see some Ben Tate thrown in there. Ooh, and, I see that. Yeah, Ben Tate. Is it because they're both chubby yet good? Well, at least yes. Ben Tate was. Well, the, the verdict is out on DJ. And it's it's good competition. And my favorite answer was from Jerry Hennon, and he said he was a thicker torsoed Brad Lester. Oh, wow. Okay. Throwing it back to the 08s. <laughs> yeah. How about Brad? My guy, Brad Lester. <laughs> yeah. I do like the Ben Tate comparison, though. Yeah, I do, too. I kind I of like forgot all about him. Comparison ever. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was really good. Who, who came with, Johnson! Who came up with that one? <laughs> The world may never know. I love that you call DJ Chubby. That's my favorite part of this is conversation. No, no, he's not chubby. Mm, not he's really. Only like two hundred and fifteen pounds. He probably I can't be chubby at five ten two fifteen, and he could beat me up. All right, coming up, we got two more questions right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June thirty. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Question number four. Uh, Michael, you start us off on this one. How is the senior class for Auburn basketball going to be remembered? As the winningest class in Auburn basketball history. Um, I think that's the only way to remember them. They'll, it's, a, it's a real shame that they're not going to get a chance to get that 100th win. Yeah. Um, but 99 wins over four years for these guys is absolutely incredible. Um, they were, uh, I guess you'd say, Jared and Bryce – well, Jared, I guess, is, was part of this class. Sure. So this was the class that really brought Auburn, brought Auburn basketball from a, an afterthought to a, a a team that certainly looks like it's ready to compete in at least the top twenty five for for years to come. So uh, that's how I think that they should be remembered. All right, Paintor. Great answer, by the way. Uh, I would say culture changers. Program changers. Bruce Pearl talked about wanting to be a top 25 program, not a top 25 team. They're that now. And Auburn fans have Bruce Pearl and those players to think. And it wouldn't have been easy, I think, to be the first ones to come to Auburn four years ago. Why would you have wanted to be a part of that? Yeah. And they did. And then the results showed that uh, what Coach Pearl wanted came true. Justin? They will be ultimately remembered as the glue that set up what Auburn basketball would end up becoming. Yeah. And look at, I mean, you got to look at these guys. None of them really were ever superstars. You, if people are going to look back as the best players of this stretch for Auburn, they're going to think of Bryce, Jared, Chuma, Isaac Okoro, 
they might be looking at the next wave coming up with guys like you know maybe Jalen Green, Sharif Cooper, guys. But True and done. The, these these guys. You say Jalen Green's coming to Auburn? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? It sounds sounds like a sounds like a pretty pretty uh, a likely thing at this point. All right. Um, these guys were never really really the superstars uh, for for this team, but like Painter said, they were the culture changers. They were the foundation of this this ninety nine this ninety nine win, which is insane. Yeah. But you got to think, not all of them were here the whole time. Not all of them got to play the whole time. In the case of Austin Wiley and Dan Joe Purifoy, and I mean, it's it's what they what they did is 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 going to be re- remembered. They are going to have this exponential amount of guys that people are going to remember as oh they weren't superstars but they're going to be beloved mm-hmm. it's like a like a crew full of horse spencers and, and malik dunbars yeah. honestly yeah i'm going to give that point to uh to painter yes michael i feel like we all just said the same thing so i'd like to give a a, a second answer yeah go yeah. ahead you can give a third while you're at it the, yeah painter still got the point though the senior class that had the thing that they've been working for their whole lives taken from them it's terrible yeah that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And from Auburn's perspective, like this is the class that you would want that to happen to the least. The least. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For Bruce sure. Pearl on Sports Center yesterday, him talking about he wanted to be the kind of the guy that told them before they saw it on Twitter or whatever, and so he kind of went to the back of the bus and and talked to him. And as he was kind of doing the interview, I mean, you could tell tears were building up. Like he was mm-hmm. hurting. He is hurting for his guys. He hates it for his guys, and that's the kind of guy that. Kids want to play for, yep. and that's that's the kind of guy that's turned this around. Absolutely. And I, I mean, well, I guess while we're on the subject, I know I brought it up, and this is supposed to be a light, a more lighthearted. We're trying show, to be happy here, but hey, things are things. Bring it down. You know, you really feel bad. Let's ruin for people's day. Go ahead, Isaac Okoro, <laughs> who this is kind of his only shot to play in an SEC tournament or an yeah. NCAA tournament, and then you know, I really feel for the small school guys that won their conference tournaments already or we're going to get an at-large bid and now won't you know won't get the opportunity to play in the tournament i was really looking forward to national champion dayton and that's not going to happen now because they're never going to have a team quite like that or san diego state i mean they were incredible this so it's just i think albro's gonna win it all Prove me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? They're still the reigning SEC tournament champions. So that's true. That is true. All right. So uh, Painter sitting at one point, Justin at two, Michael at one. All right. Our final question. And uh, Painter, we will start with you on this one. What content are you most excited to work on this offseason? My stand up hour. (laughs) We need to give you a tight 15 first. Yeah, well, we, yeah, it's, it's yeah, tough. There's yeah. a lot of writing. you got to work through it. But I feel good about this. You can call me the next Tom Segura. Will, will that be uh, during the 11 o'clock hour or the noon hour? Noon hour. I think it's going to be harder to fill that second hour. Okay. So we'll, when people are tuning out, that's when I will start the act. All right. Michael, what about you, man? Uh, my college football betting spreadsheet. It's going to uh, be tough. Well, no, see, I'm, I'm going to work on it for the next mm-hmm. couple months so that when college football Pile season starts, uh, I'm, I'm ready to rock wow. for Free Money Friday every day, oh just pounding God. out winners day in and day out. I love that. Selfless. You're going to be like hammering the Fun Belt Tuesday games. <laughs> I'm all, oh, you know oh, I'm all about oh, yeah. the Fun Belt. That's yeah, awesome. For sure. That's awesome. Justin, what about you, uh, both with uh, ESPN 167 and, of course, The Athletic? Um, I think I'm looking forward to the, what I'm looking forward to the most is uh, everything getting back to sort of normal, and I'm I'm looking forward to just to be at practice again. Like that's that's the thing that 
when that happens, it's going to return to what might feel somewhat normal. And being able to kind of give a glimpse into that, I I thought this uh, this Auburn football practice, whenever it happens, is going to be one of the most fascinating ones because of the number of storylines out there. Yeah. And I think now it's going to be even more important and even more kind of cherished whenever I get back out there mm-hmm. and get back into those press conferences, get back in those those open viewing periods because it's like, oh, I get to do this for a living and I get I got to experience weeks, maybe months, uh, what it's like to not have that. So that's that's the thing I'm really really looking forward to. And I guess on uh, I guess on one six seven side, um, I'm looking forward to trying to figure out what we're going to do for the next month. Because uh, if people di- if people were irritated with the way our show went from time to time, they are really going to they're going to hate it. They're going to be in for a treat. A lot more small talk, a lot Ooh. more off the wall things. Well, hey, locked on Auburn will still be daily. So uh, I've had a few folks message us uh, about that. So don't worry, we will still be doing that as well, just like you guys are doing every day on one zero six seven. I'm going to give that final point. To Justin, Justin, where can people find all of your stuff and, and, and hear all of your stuff? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter on uh, jfergusonau. You can read my stuff at theathletic.com. I wrote a story up about all the cancellations and stuff like that yesterday, how they affected Auburn, how they affected Auburn football specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that story is free for everyone to read, like all of our uh, coronavirus stories on the website at theathletic.com. Michael Pappas? Uh, I'm not about to start betting on cricket or darts, so... If you want to listen to my stuff, you got to listen to Locked On Auburn podcast. Fair enough. And Paintor, <gasps> he's he does not that. here. He, he does that a lot. He's gone. He just disappeared. He's on Twitter at Paint Sharpless, and you can hear the lunch break on ESPN one six seven every day from eleven to one. I'm Zach Blackerby on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.